guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Oh, come on, he's worthy of more than that. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise this morning in the house. He is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. Woo! I was trying to think of some kind of word to come up here and I just... And, and, dismissed. That's not the word, but you can go ahead and turn the lights on. Uh, I was trying to think of a word, and I was thinking, you know what? There, that, there's just no other word. He won't fail us. When everything else is crumbling around you, and you feel like you feel like giving in, or the storms of life are coming against you, you just have to know that He won't fail us. Come on, can I get one more hand? If He's never, if He's Oh, if he's done something for you this morning, come on, let's show some love to Jesus this morning. He's been so good to us. Come on, get up off your feet. He has been so good. All you got to do sometimes is just remember where you were. You might not be where you want to be, but thank God you're not where you, where you used to be. Amen? Amen. Well, good morning, soldiers. How are you all this morning? Ooh, I got to, some, uh, somebody made the comment, said, Hey, it'd be nice to have to wear the same uniform. I, would, I didn't have to wonder what I was going to wear this morning for the next few weeks. So this is great. But last week, we started a, a series called Basic Training. And uh, sorry, Barry, I put my hands in my pocket again. He, I was standing out there, and he said, soldiers do not put their hands in their pocket. And I was like, got them out real quick after he came by. But we determined that we are in a war. And can I... I'm just going to talk to you just a little bit. I'll talk a little bit later on, but has anybody experienced anything these last couple of weeks that's been a little bit like OMG? Come on. I, I'm going to tell some stories here in just a minute, but we are in a spiritual war and in a spiritual battle, and it's not a physical, it's a spiritual one. That all started last week, I told you, it all started back in the garden with a choice. We made a bad choice, and all of a sudden, everything that we're going through right now in this war is because of that choice. And listen, I talked to you last week about we have an enemy, and he's a real enemy. He's not the one that looks cute and on Halloween. He's not the one uh, that, that we kind of portray him to be, the little guy on the shoulders telling you bad things. He's a real enemy who's out to steal, to kill, and destroy you. He's out for that. But with any war or conflict, we have to have a cause or reason to fight. And I'm going to tell you something. What Some things we're fighting for is we're fighting for our families. We're fighting for our values and we as Christian people right now, our values are being trampled underneath by the enemy. And listen, we're also fighting for our voice. And let me just tell you, we won a battle this week. Wow, y'all, we won a battle this week. Come on. That show that I was talking about, Little Demons, as far as I know, they had a million people to go on there and sign a petition against that. And the show got canceled. Come on, we won a battle this week. And so many times we don't understand the war that we're in, but some of these little battles may seem small, but some, they're really big to God. But basic training, as we're talking about, is where soldiers are trained for warfare. And, but it's also a place to instill and build character, to build competence, and also commitment. 
Soldiers will learn how to be a part of a team, and I was never in the military, and you get military guys, I really want to shout you guys out this morning. You did. Thank you for your service. We appreciate that. And we're going to be hearing from one here in just a little bit. But soldiers have to learn how to work as a, te- as a member of a team. They have to learn how to submit to authority. Do I have any married people in the house? Do I have any husbands in the house? You have to learn how to submit to authority. My wife said, you still haven't learned that one yet, honey. But this intense training is geared towards reinforcing the principles of discipline, submission, oh, and teamwork. Most importantly, you're going to be instilled at the end of this with courage to do the things that you didn't think you could do, honor, and also commitment. Combination of the military codes. And I'm going to ask Jack Cook to stand up and and recite these. This is a picture of Jack in Vietnam right here. I am a soldier, a member of a team. I will obey orders. I will always place the mission first. I will never accept defeat and never quit. I will never leave anyone behind. I am disciplined, physically and mentally tough, trained in proficiency and in my tasks and drills. I always maintain my arms and myself. I stand ready to deploy, engage, and destroy the enemy. Mm. I will deal honestly and truthfully with others, keeping my word and taking responsibility. It is my privilege to serve. I will do what is right in the face of the adversaries and I will obey all orders. I will respect all people. Thank you. Amen. Come on. Amen. Thank you. Great man. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate that this morning. Janie, has he learned how to obey orders? Almost, she said, almost. Uh, Pastor Minnie is looking at me like almost two, but not really. But the first thing that you have to do in basic training is you have to go back to the basics. And, I, and I've always heard this say, you strip it down to build it back up. But that's a little misleading because candidates, when they go into the armed forces, they're already qualified before they ever enter basic training. They always have to take tests, physicals. So they're not, uh, you don't have to strip everything away from them because the military, they want your strengths. You know, they want your skills. They want your, your, the things that you do well. But what the military does, does want to do is they want to shock you out of your civilian habits. So you're going to go in and you're going to get off the bus. Private Fussell, front and center, right here. Where did you learn how to march? Well, you're about to, son. You're about to. What do we got here? Hold on a minute. Okay. Can't you even hold the bag right, son? What's the matter with you? Sir, yes, sir. Drop it. Let's see. This was supposed to. Oh, it is unclipped. What do we, what do we, what do we got in here? Smoke, sir. Uh, you, 
you're going to get smoked, that's for sure. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. Mr. Snuggles, sir. Mr. S oh, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, here we go. Let's see what else we got in here. Oh, hobbies are on hold, sir. I don't care what you shoot, but you're not shooting for the next six weeks. You're not shooting that anyway. Sir, yes, sir. And hold on, so let's see what else we have in here. Uh, ugh, okay. Are you kidding me? Where do you wear these, sir? In the bedroom, sir. Not anymore. And what is around your neck? What is this? That's an eagle eye, sir. Oh, hand it over. The only eyes that you're going to have are my two eyes on you. Sir, yes, sir. You're dismissed. Can I have it back? You can have it back. <laughs> but don't put it back around your neck. So basically, that's what it looks like when you get off the bus. So go ahead and run this next clip. Hi. Um, see, okay. everybody knows me for my hair. They know him for his hair. What I need you to do is just, just a little bit on the side, <laughs> not a whole bunch. And kind of keep like it so it's still. I'd like to see you in something short but sassy. Something that works as well on the rifle range as it does in the disco. Okay, that's perfect. I would fit in the military real well because I, I like this haircut. But I just want you to know that we, seriously, training is hard, but it's used to disrupt your prior behavior because change, what it wants to do, it wants to disrupt your prior behavior and change your thought patterns. Why do they want to do that? So you'll pay attention to the following orders. My wife is going, yes, that, amen, that preaches for you there, Pastor Rich. But we want to do things our way. And what they do in the basic training is they separate you from your family. They separate you from your friends. They, your individual clothing are away, but I kind of like wearing the same thing. It's okay. But individual clothing and hairstyles are out the window, as you just, as you just saw with Polly Shore. Your hobbies are gone. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to eliminate distractions, they want you to focus on the here and now and taking orders from authority. Some see it as broken down, but it's really getting you refocused. It's not breaking you down. It's getting you refocused in the way that they want you to act and do. So they see the bigger picture and they're part of a team in everything that they do. Fitness training is going to come in play with this. And also combat skills and inspections. And you're going to learn how to wear and what to wear. And we're going to talk in the next few weeks about the armor of God and how we put on each thing that helps us in this spiritual war that we're in. You're going to also learn about how to march because there's a certain way you do it and not how Private Fussell did it just then. You're going to learn the right way to march because you have to be going in the same direction to get things done. Come on. We, you have to march and you have to be at the beat of the same place and each person going this way to make sure that we're going in the same direction. We're also going to be talking about the tactics of warfare because... 
The enemy is out there and he's using all of these things around us to keep us distracted. But listen, when it's over, you're going to discover some amazing things. Your mind is going to be sharper. Your body is going to be lean and hard. I think I need to go through real basic training. And you'll become out more confident than you ever were before because you're no longer going to be an average civilian. You're going to be a soldier when you come out of this training. Well, let me tell you what you do. You've signed up, right? If you've signed up, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have signed up to be a part of God's army, and you have made a commitment to fight alongside of him. So you might ask, where do we even start? Listen, a recruit without training is of no use in war. Come on. They lost many, many young men in, in battles that didn't get the proper training, that they, especially in Vietnam, right, Jack? Because they didn't get some of the proper training out there. If you get in there, you have to know what you're doing to be able to fight that battle. You know what? You have to understand yourself, your limitations, your strengths, and the things that you do well, and you have to know how to apply them when you have... You gotta be able to know how to apply them when all hell is breaking loose around you. But our enemy's tactics is this. They're called discouragement, complacency, pride, fear, your own will or own agenda. That's a hard one for all of us right there. But he uses confusion, laziness, and then small little frustrations that you don't really pay attention to. They're like little grains of sand that get... You ever have sand in your shorts at the beach? It's that, that little irritation. But sometimes it starts out with just a little bit of sand in you, and then it builds into something else. That's how the enemy does. He starts out small, and it gets bigger. But what it does is discipline, submission, and obedience must be a part of your training, and you need to be stripped away of your old way of thinking, your old self, you know, you have to do this daily. You get no days off in boot camp, and you don't get any days off hardly from the enemy, too, in this world. Can, can I get an amen on that one? Come on. Uh, we're going to talk more later about the battlefield of the mind. How many of us struggle in our mind? You don't have to raise your hand, but we all do. We all have thought patterns or old ways of thinking, and we're going to talk about the battlefield of the mind. But here we see, as we read 2 Timothy, we see young Timothy. He's about a teen or maybe an early 20s, and he's being enlisted and signed up for duty. Look at 2 Timothy 2.1. It says this. It says, Timothy, my dear son, this is Paul talking, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. You've watched how I've done it. You've, you've been following me. Now you have to apply it. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. He's enlisting them to go out and make new soldiers. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life and then they cannot, because then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. Paul is, is his commanding officer, and he's now instructing him how to be a soldier for Jesus Christ. He's telling him that there are going to be battles. There are things that you're going to face as you go out into this mission field, and I want you to be prepared for everything that's about to come against you. There are key components to becoming a soldier, not only a physical soldier, but a soldier for Jesus. And the first one is discipline. Ouch. That's the one that hurts all of us, right? Webster defines it as training to prove strength or self-control. We want to be a leader. Sometimes you got to be a follower to be a leader. 
He went to the disciples one by one and said, follow me. Follow me. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. You're going to be fishers of men. I want you to follow me. But to be a good follower, you have to be a good, we have to be a good follower to be a good leader. Disciples spent three years learning under Jesus. They gave up every, they dropped their nets. They dropped everything that they did to follow him. Their whole livelihood was based around him telling them to follow him. They had to be trained. They had to be selfless. They had to become disciples so they could make disciples. So many times we don't want to go through that process, but yet we want to, we want to make disciples, but yet we won't be discipled ourselves. Oh, this is a little bit hard. I'm sweating up here because I'm speaking to myself a little bit too. But how much are you willing to invest to see God transform your life and the lives of your family? Listen, we want the promotion without the preparation. We want the platform without plowing anything. We want the status before we... Oh, this is a little bit rough this morning. We want the status, but we don't want to seek after the one in charge. The Bible says this. It says, you've been faithful over a few things, and I'm going to make you ruler over many things. But where it starts at is servants become rulers. Servants who are teachable, who are humble who are adaptable, they're the ones that God are going to use to make, a war, make an impact in this war that we are fighting right now. The next word is another hard one, submission. James 4, 7 says this. It says, therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. Say resist. resist. And he will flee from you. That's a promise in the Bible. But submit means you've got to yield or surrender to authority, and you have to give in to it. We all have to give of ourselves. But listen to what 2 Timothy says. It says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud. I'm, I'm throwing this in here because that's the culture that we're living in right now. Proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Got any parents, got any kids that's acting a fool right now? Unthankful and unholy. It really does look like the culture around us. Most of the goals are for self-gratification and self-achievement. We want it our way, just like Burger King, have it our way. We want it the way we want it. We're going to do the best that we can, and you can't tell me what to do. Not being submissive does this. It hinders our training. We want control. We want to decide our own destiny. We want to put God on the back burner and say, hey, we got it all down. We can figure this thing out. We, we give in to fear because we seize the opportunity. We, because we think it'll never come back around, but we don't wait for God's plan. We want to make, it own, make our own plan happen. We don't want to submit ourselves to God, but we want the benefits of his presence, right? Come on. We use God like a genie in a bottle. We use him, oh, like a sugar daddy. But when... when Y'all know what I'm talking about? You pull God out when you want him. You pull him off the shelf when you need him. You pull him out, out, of the, out of the closet, out of the drawer, wherever he's at when you want him. I'm telling you, God wants to be there all the time for you. We want security. We take measures to protect our own selves, and we really don't rely on God to help us. But submission's hard. But I want to tell you something. Don't submit because you have to. Submit because you want to. That's what submission is. You know, you can be made to do anything. If you're married, you can be made to do anything. Can I get an amen? Anybody else amen? But do it because you want it. 
She, she's going to have a rebuttal uh, uh, message next week on all of these points right here. But we must be reachable and not prideful. I struggle with pride sometimes. Does anybody else in here struggle, struggle with that one? But we don't have it all figured out because if we had it all figured out, we'd all be perfect, right? We're still going on this journey together. We're still having our basic training together. We have to, what does submission to God look like? We have to submit our heart. And many of us say that's an organ, but that's the inner part of our being, our inner person. The heart is the moral conscious. It steers our values, and it helps us to make the right choices. When you get saved, you get a heart transplant. Right, Gary? Gary's on the heart transplant list over here, and we're praying that God's going to heal him in the name of Jesus right now. Come on. But when you come to Jesus, you get a heart transplant. Look at Ezekiel 36, 26. It says this. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within you. I will take that heart of stone out and replace it with a heart of, out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Matthew twenty two thirty seven 37 says this. You must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. So we have to submit every part of our being to him. And what does it mean to submit our soul? Well, the soul is the part of the eternal that defines who you are as an individual. God, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your being. To be willing to give up your life to him. Come on, this is rough. I remember him having a conversation with the, with the disciples and saying, hey, you have to carry this cross. And you're going to have to go through a lot of things in this world, uh, uh, but... but if you come out on the other, you're going to come out on the other side a winner if you'll just keep doing the things I'm telling you to do. But you have to be willing to submit to him and to die for him. And that doesn't necessarily mean physically die. You have to die to the old flesh. You have to die to the old person that you used to be. It means we, all of our activities and all of our priorities in our life, they have to revolve around what God wants us to do. We have to submit our minds, and we're going to talk about the mind. It's the battlefield, and we're going to talk more about that in a little bit later, but we have to submit our sinful tendencies. We have to submit our motives. We have to submit our pain. Come on. Some of y'all have been carrying pain around for your whole life. God said, I want you to submit yourself to me. Submit the, that shame that you've been carrying around, too, because I ain't got time for that shame anymore, God's saying. Basic training, each day you got to get up and you have to yield and you have to submit. Maybe you just start out saying, God, I start out my day by submitting my heart, submitting my soul, and submitting my mind to you. Teach me how to walk this day because sometimes we just need him to tell us every step to take. So many times we just need to get up and we need to say, God, I don't know where I'm going today, but can you take me there? God, will you put somebody in my path today? Come on. I heard somebody say the other day, they got up every morning and said, put somebody in my path today that I can be, and I can affect, and I can become. He can do that for you if you'll ask him each day. You got to say, I can't do any of this without you. I need you each and every minute. But listen, without submission, there can be no resistance. Resist the, re resistance, the, de resist the devil, it says. Resist means to withstand, to strive against, or oppose. But how do we do that? Well, we have to start relying on God and not ourselves. 
So many times we're trying to rely on the things that we do and the things, uh, the money we make or the, or, or, or the plans that we have, and, and we put God somewhere on, on the backside of the burner, and I'm guilty of that one too. I'm guilty of a lot of this stuff I'm preaching to you all out there, so don't think I got it all perfectly together. We usually use resistance as a defensive maneuver, right? We try our best. How's that working out? We do the best that we can. And then we end up finding ourselves in the same place that we always were, and we don't know how to get out of it. Well, we have to start relying on God, and don't engage the enemy in your own strength. Because let me tell you something. You try to do it on your own, you're going to fail every single time. Can I get an amen on that one? It cannot be fully done in your own power and in your own strength, but that's not giving you an excuse. Next thing you got to do to resist, you have to run to God. Bible says God is our refuge. God is our strength. He is the one. He's our firm foundation when everything around us is crumbling down. We can resist the enemy by knowing and confessing the word of God and being able to recite that back. When he was tempting Jesus in the, in the desert, the enemy was, he came to him and he was quoting the Bible. And, and what Jesus did, he resisted him by quoting the Bible back. So many times, I've said this before, you got to get you a verse. You got to get you some verses in your arsenal. And when the enemy comes at you, you got to be able to recite that back and say this. Listen, sometimes you just have to speak a thing to make it come to pass. You got to tell yourself, I have the mind of Christ. When your mind's going 100 miles an hour, you can say that when you feel weak, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Resistance is also being on guard and being alert. Can I just tell you, we're in a spiritual warfare. We're in, we're in a spiritual war right now. And when you're in one, you're going to get pushback from the enemy on every side. He's going to try to attack your identity. He's going to try to attack, make you doubt yourself. And you may feel unqualified. Hello, Gideon. Hello, Rahab. Hello, John the Baptist. They felt unqualified. Then he whispers in your ear, you're just not good enough. Pastor Johnny opened up and said he had a struggle last week. We're, we're all battling something in the last couple of weeks. And he said the enemy was coming to him telling him that he's less than. And this was something from years and years ago. Satan does not relent. He will keep bringing stuff back that you did 25 or 30 years ago. He'll do it. Multiple people have had car problems this week. Michael, we were talking the other day, and his phone wasn't getting any of my texts. And as soon, uh, as soon as he went out, he did it. What'd you do? Just You restarted it? He reset his phone. He had over 50 text messages. Not one of those were from Christian people, too. You think the enemy doesn't have an agenda right now? He's trying to get us distracted. The women's crew had to end up canceling the last minute due to childcare issues. And that same afternoon, Jason and Sherry were in a, in a, in a, in a car wreck and it hurt their back. So, you know, everything that we, you know, and I was talking to Jeanette this morning, she's saying, I'm going through that too right now. Everything that we know, because we have opened up. We have opened up the box. And now we have got to be able to, to, to know and to fight the enemy, not on our terms, but on God's terms. So we're winning this battle. But it's not, listen to me, y'all, here's the part y'all are going to get. It's not always the devil's fault. We sometimes just need to wage war against ourselves. Here's Paul. 
Second greatest preacher ever, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Romans 7, he says this, I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. And the old and King James, he said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who will flee from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Here's Paul. It gives me a little confidence to know that Paul struggled too. He didn't have it all together. Sometimes we look at people, and, and, and again, I've said this before, we, 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 we live in a social media world right now. We're looking at every, oh, everybody looks so great. But listen, people are struggling out there. They may be putting a smile on their face. They may be acting like everything is okay, but they're still struggling. They're still going on something on the inside of them. What happens, it opens up to the enemy, causes us to sin, causes us to doubt, it causes fear to rise up us, and also disobedience. It takes a firm no to tell the devil no. Okay, Satan, you can leave me alone. Hey, why don't you just quit bothering me and just, just don't, don't, don't mess with me. Sometimes you just gotta say no! And then you gotta run! Like on the first bad date. Sometimes you just have to have a firm no to say no. But also, being resistance comes along with being relentless. If you're talking about Jacob in the Bible, Jacob was a deceiver. He was not submitted at all to God's plan. He was resistant to everything God wanted him to do. He tried everything his own way, and he found out that it didn't work. So then he became relentless. He had an encounter with God, and he said, listen to me, God. He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Sometimes we have to be that relentless with God. I'm not going to let you go, God, until you answer the prayer that I have. Some of y'all have been praying a prayer for the last 20 years, and I'm telling you, right on the verge of God making that come to pass, and you don't give up. Be relentless. Next step to spiritual training is this. We've got to draw near to God. Let's look at verse 8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse or wash your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near and hearing God. Are you sitting on opposite ends of the couch? Come on. Boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives. Have you ever had that moment where you're sitting on your end of the couch and she's sitting on her end of the couch and it's that look like, Oh, man, y'all must not ever fight. <laughs> it's that look you get, like, and it's that silence that you get. It's the ignoring each other. And you're sitting on the total end of the couch, try not to make this thing weird, but it's getting weirder by the moment. But until that person has received Jesus as their personal Savior, it's a likelihood they probably won't hear from God because they're not listening. Until a person receives Jesus, other than salvation, they are sitting on the opposite end of the couch, not hearing from God. Listen, he's not motivated to speak to any of us based on our good deeds or our needs. He's motivated to speak to us because we are in relationship with him. That's why he's motivated. He knows what you need. He knows you're doing some good things, but he wants to have that personal relationship with you. 
If you're having trouble uh, hearing God's voice or knowing or drawing close to him, maybe you need to reevaluate the relationship that you're in with him. The Bible says you draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. All he's looking for is a willing heart to come closer to him. The more that you come closer to him, I'm going to tell you, you're going to find out he will draw near to you and he will change your whole way of thinking about certain things. Listen, when you start hearing the voice of God and some people say, I've never heard the audible voice. There's a voice that's inside of you. You may never hear God say, Richard, you better. You may never hear that. But there's that little moral compass that goes off in your mind. There's that little bit of something that tells you, hey, I better be paying attention to this. But as we approach God, we got to be submissive to him and his will for us. We have to be obedient, and we must trust that he has only the best. Here's where the enemy gets you. God has only the best for you. He only wants the right things for you. But the enemy is always on your shoulder trying to tell you, what's God done for you lately? That's what he did to Eve. He said, hey, you know, it's all the women's fault. He did. He, <laughs> kidding. That's what he did to Eve. He said, did God really say that? He started bringing up doubt, and, and then he said, well, if you do that, then, then you'll be like God. All of a sudden, the pride raised up in both of them. But listen, we got to come before him with a thankful heart for all that he's done for us. Listen, if you do nothing else in your prayer life, thank God for where he's brought you from. Because listen, baby, he's brought you a long, long way. The closer you get, the more we can hear and feel his heart. Bible says also you got to wash your hands. And in the Old Testament, there was a basin that was on the outside of the court into, into the, the tabernacle. And the priests had to go in and wash their hands each and every time. They not only had to wash their hands, they had to wash their feet. They had to get all of the dirt off of them in the physical. But it, what it meant in the spiritual was that they were washing the sins off of them too. But everything on the inside, the altar, the instruments, the ark was all on the inner part of that. But they could not get to the inner part without first going through the cleansing process. But here's the good thing. When Jesus came and said, it is finished, it said the veil of the temple that they had no access to was torn in two. And it was anymore, we didn't have to worry about access to God because Jesus, by his sacrifice, took care of that. He tore the veil. He tore the barrier down. But it still requires us to wash ourselves. And what does that mean? It means in repentance. First, we have to define what we're repenting for. And we're going to talk a little bit about sin. I'm going to go through this really quickly. There is a sin of commission. That's an act of doing something willfully and taking action in word. or not. It's doing something willfully and knowing you shouldn't be doing that. Anybody ever do anything you know you shouldn't be doing and you do it anyway? Yeah, there's the one, right? It all started with Adam and Eve. And, and, and the, what we normally think of is lying and, and, and murder and stealing and, and evil thought. All that, that's what we first think about. But there's also a, a sin of omission. Listen to what James 4.17 says. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does it not, that to him is sin. The sin of omission is this. It's not doing what's right or failing to do what is instructed. Listen, it's, it's about not speaking out against evil in the world that we're living in. A million people spoke out against, the, uh, against this show, and it got canceled. Refusing to share Jesus with others. Come on, do you know that you're commissioned? When you, when you have joined this army, you are commissioned to make disciples. You're commissioned to go out and tell the good news to someone else. 
Listen, if you neglect to care for people and listen, there's a, oh, oh, he's about to go there. There is a spiritual warfare on your money. People are broke all the time. It's because the enemy wants to keep you broke. But when you get in covenant with God and you start tithing and you start giving and you start giving of yourself, man, things change in the, in the, in the natural really quick. But sins of omission deny believers the blessings and we miss all the opportunities and it keeps us from reaching our full potential. When we, stand, when we don't stand up for right things and do what's asked of us, disobedience, listen, creeps in really quick. It weakens our resolve and it opens the door to other things to enter into our lives. There's a story of David and the Bible says it starts out, it was the time when the kings went out for war David stayed home. He was sitting around the house chilling. And all of a sudden, he looked out and he said, oh, my goodness. Look at that. His eyes started going in places they shouldn't have gone to. But you know why that happened to him? Because he opened the crack of the door. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. If he was out waging war like he was supposed to be doing, he wouldn't have been on top of that roof making that bad decision. But here's the good thing about God. Repentance is a gift from God. Here's Psalms, one, yeah, aren't you glad of that? Psalms 139, 23 says, this is David's words. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting. What David did is he saw that he made a mistake but he owned up to his mistakes. Real relationship, God starts when we acknowledge him and we don't cover up our mistakes. Because let me just be, let me just give you a spoiler alert. He already knows. He's trying to hide something from him. He already knows it. It's already out there in his eyes. Our answer to spiritual war, warfare is this. We have to choose a side. The Bible says if you're not for me, if you're not with me, you're against me. Bible says also talking about people, it says you're tossed to, to and fro like the waves in the ocean. Sometimes you just have to surrender yourself. Listen to this statement. Jesus didn't feat, defeat Satan physically in physical warfare. He defeated him by surrendering himself to the cross. That's how he beat him. So if you were to have, you're having some stuff that you're going through right now, Open your heart up to surrender. Open your heart up to where God wants you to be. And I'm telling you, you probably see the biggest difference. Listen, another thing, the last thing you have to do is you have to refocus yourself. And what you do on that is you just remember where you used to be. I said it three times already. Sometimes you just need to refocus yourself. Yeah, are you not in the greatest place right now? Maybe not, but you're not there anymore. Do I still have some, some way to go? Yes, but thank God I, I'm, I'm not back there anymore. Sometimes we just got to remember the goodness of God. Oh, there's power in the goodness of God, I'm telling you. And the last thing is ask for restoration. He said, David said, restore to me. Oh, turn them lights off. It says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. So many of us are walking around joyless. So many of us are walking around defeated. So many of us are walking around and, 
and there's no joy in us. We ought to be the most joyful people in the world because we have the answer to all of the questions. The Bible says, return to me and I will return to you. Listen, when you get serious with God, he gets serious with you. And I'm gonna ask you here in a minute to stand with me and take a step. Because when you take a step towards God, he takes a leap towards you. Listen, he ain't taking baby steps. When he sees you make that, that choice, he, man, he's like, ah, oh, he's coming home. Here he comes. I'm going to ask you to stand with me right now, please. We know that we are in a battle. We know that we're in a war. As they were singing this song, I said, I got to go find the words to that because this is new. They're getting ready to sing. But you have to change, and we'll, we're going to talk about this in the next few weeks. You have to change the way you fight your battles. The words of this song, so, so when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. There's something about surrender with your hands in the air like you just don't care. There's something about surrendering to God and getting your hands up there and just telling him, hey, I've tried it my way. I'm about to do it your way. He says, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet and I'm gonna sing through the night. Come on, some people have been crying through the night. God says, I'm about to give you a song. Some of y'all have been going through the dark times in your life. He says, I'm about to light it up like that. But you have to surrender yourself. You have to be submissive to me and you have to be obedient. So I'm going to ask you, as they get ready to sing this new song, I'm going to ask you to take a step out. Come on. I don't mean you need to be saved or re-saved. But if you need salvation, Jesus is here. The Holy Spirit is here. And all you have to do is ask and say, God, I am, I am a miserable mess right now. I have sinned against you. I've sinned against myself. I've sinned against others. I need you to forgive me and cleanse me and come into my heart and take that old heart out of me that I talked about and give me a new heart. So as we get ready to open up these altars, I'm going to ask you to take a step into a deeper place with him. And I want us all to come around this altar too as a sign that, hey, we're in this thing together. Because you can't fight by yourself. You need somebody next to you. You need somebody going to war with you and for you. So as they get ready to sing this song, I'm going to ask you to submit yourself to God. I'm going to ask you to resist the devil because he's trying to tell you to stay in your seat. I'm going to ask you to draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Come on, take a step forward. Come on. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.